Rolling. to another episode of the Catch the Sky podcast. This is your host, Sweet Tea. With me is Safe. And this week's episode could be the one that puts us on the map. Safe managed to land our first international guest. You want to fill us in a little bit more on what that's all about? We're going global on the Catch the Sky podcast. We're not just trying to catch the sky, but we are trying to catch everything in between that and the core of the earth. And this week... We're hitting on some environmental issues, which is a break from the the lowbrow humor that you've become accustomed to. <laughs> but here's the thing. T and I, we're basically scientists. Uh, we have the same degree. We've watched more YouTube videos than you, and we have plenty. No. <laughs> <laughs> but. We do care about things that are happening around our globe. And when we see things like injustice, we want to share that message as well. And so this story is about someone who doesn't have the same voice that we do because they're in a country that restricts speech. In fact, they have articles that about speaking false information. So if the government accuses you of speaking false information or you share something on a social media site like Facebook, you can be charged with cyber crimes law as well. And that's what our story is about tonight. It's about a man. His name is Basil Bergman. He's an environmental activist, and he lives in Jordan, in the country of Jordan. Not the Anwans. And a country's need for energy limited only to supplies from their neighbors, including Egypt and Israel. Because their lack of energy puts them in a place where they can be exploited by other larger countries. The Koreans are involved, the French, the Russians, the United States. They have lots of uranium, though. And I'm sure we want that, too. What do you do with uranium, by the way? Well, there's a couple of things that humanity has done with it so far, and that's create energy and weapons. Mm. Mm. So Jordan is the fourth water poorest country in the world. Because of that, it gives you pause to wonder why nuclear energy, which is reliant on water, is something that Jordan would pursue. And what you'll hear tonight from Basel is the wealthy nations no longer wanting nuclear energy because of Fukushima, because of Three Mile Island, because of an, an abundant access to other materials and resources. So nuclear energy is now being exploited for gain 
and going after countries who don't have the the financial means and the resources. And as a result, nuclear facilities are being propped up in poor communities with the promise of economic prosperity. But really, this is just exploitation. At the end of the day, the purpose of these nuclear companies is to exploit us. Energy should be a right all across the world. It should be readily accessible. It should be easy to find. It shouldn't be an oasis. Now that, from an American audience, you might think, because you're, you're used to having energy all the time accessible. You've never had multiple blackouts. You've never had generator facilities that, that aren't working or are blown up by the country's military. <laughs> Sometimes we blow other people's generators. And so this, this story really is a David Goliath tale. And through my network of activists, of people who care about larger global issues, I was connected with Basil. And he permitted me to share his story. And I'm honored for that. And I, and I really appreciate this opportunity to share with the world this interview. He's been an environmentalist since he was a child. And he would visit the countryside. And he used to swim in the river and drink from the river. And then the factories in Zadok began to pollute the river and contaminate it, and now you can't even put your finger in it. It's that polluted. It's that disgusting. And that is exactly what will happen if this nuclear power plant goes up. In addition, the safety of the facility is in question. I'm not happy with any of this, by the way, T. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be happy about it. I think the only thing that we should be happy about is that we're shining a light on it. Let me give a proper introduction to what we're going to hear tonight. Basil Bergman is an environmental activist living in Amman, Jordan. And his sharing of a Facebook post that contained a report from a whistleblower who revealed that the nuclear reactor facility being constructed at the Jordan University of, of Science and Technology, had leaks. And by Basil sharing this on Facebook, his country is now prosecuting him, and they have more financial means than he does. Behind them are the, the Jordanian Atomic Energy Association that has a budget of $22 million that they can push away to public relations campaigns and, and good news stories to tell you that everything they're doing is A-OK. -okay. But in reality, there's the health and safety is at risk of this community. If a nuclear facility is not done properly and it explodes and it cracks and it leaks and it breaks, if it does any of that, that community is contaminated forever. And no one is going to take care of them. No different than we didn't take care of Hurricane Katrina victims. Victims. No different than we didn't, when we didn't take care of, no different than when we didn't take of, no different than we would, when, no different than when we didn't take care of Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. 
survivors. <laughs> do I do I leave all that in there? I mean, like, you should. Like, Jesus Christ! I didn't know how long to let you struggle with that. Holy fucking shit! Unique New York. Unique New York. Oh my god! Wow, dude! Ooh. Holy shit! That was well, good, though. No, keep all that in. <laughs> let's fucking let's keep rolling. With that being it's, said, yeah, go ahead, T. Say something. <laughs> with that being said, I'm looking forward to this interview. I haven't listened to it yet myself, so this is going to be a surprise to me, just as much as it's going to be to some of our listeners. I should share that we were on speakerphone. And the audio quality will reflect that. That's all right. We've worked with yeah. worse here on the Catch the Sky podcast. You people <laughs> should have heard the fucking conspiracy theorist episode when it first came out. It was terrible. <laughs> Do you want to tell them about your computer situation tonight? <laughs> no. My computer's from 2009. That's all you need to know. <laughs> So with that being said, let's roll the tape. Let's roll. <laughs> For the past, you know, a few years, three or four years, and I was concentrating back on, on reviving my business because I have a medical supplies uh, company. And uh, eventually, very rarely, I would do something, I write something, or I, you know, even open up Facebook. Now, this person who's, a, like you read in the article, who's a was a consultant with them, Dr. Gubain, uh, who works in a, in a nuclear reactor in New Jersey, came out live on Facebook and he said, and I have this document, and this document shows that there's cracks in the research reactor that was built in, in the north of Jordan. And um, uh, he said, it's leaking radiation. So I just shared what he said, and I said, if and this is you know, what he's saying, and if it is leaking a lot of radiation, high radiation, so it's a problem. Because we know that all uh, power plants, they leak. You know, you cannot contain a nuclear reactor as if it is on the moon. It's impossible to contain it. There has to be uh, some, you know, communication or, or interaction between the internal parts of the reactor and the outside world. Uh, even if you have some kind of... Uh, highly uh, fantastic, you know, produced uh, air circulation system, but still, it, you know, I mean, nothing is 100% perfect in the world. And I, you know, I shared a part in a book, I, I wrote a, a part in a book that was my uh, focus is to put, to prove uh, about uh, nuclear actors around the world uh, that uh, raised uh, the percentage of cancers in infants or in adults um, without any accidents or leakages or whatever. So that is an indication that a nuclear reactor uh, does have problems and increases cancers even without an accident, uh, meaning there is leakage right. uh, some way or another. So basically, uh, uh, I shared it, and uh, two days after 
and the Jordan Atomic Energy Commission came out with a press release saying uh, this is not a leak, this was a test of containment of the reactor, whereby the test failed and they found a lot of uh, air exit, you know, uh, holes or cracks, or whatever, <laughs> defects in the construction was built by a Korean contractor called Kepco. So eventually, um, I cancelled my post and I said, thanks God, and this, this was not a leak uh, report, this was basically a test. And I, I deleted the first post that I put. But it seems within the two days, they already uh, took a screenshot, they found a law case against me. And uh, when, when I was uh, called in like three months after this, by the uh, district attorney, or the state uh, attorney, the public attorney. He just, you know, had three, four questions and he said, I'm going to send you to jail. I said, wow. why? Uh, you know, because, uh, because uh, that's it. I'm, you know, it's my decision. So he did send me to jail eventually. Wow. And uh, I think the intention was uh, long term uh, jail sentence, but luckily there was some good reaction of politicians and activists and uh, secured my uh, exit from jail after one week only. Uh, if I didn't have any reaction, I probably have spent at least a month or two in prison. Wow. Uh, but of course now, after I, I came out, I came out on a bail, uh, a bail of $7,000. Uh, I'm supposed to stand in front of my trial, and I stood in front of my trial. And my trial was amazing because um, the, the uh, Jordanian Atomic Energy Commission witnesses that came in, uh, they testified in court that they had um, an incident with iodine, radioactive iodine, iodine I-131, that was not clear how they uh, cleaned that incident or how they reacted to it, how massive it was, how big it was. The commissioner said it was a very tiny, small incident. Now we don't know what is tiny in the respect. There was no measurements at all. And the judge was not, uh, uh, you know, cooperative. And he said, this is not a proof. This is uh, something like, uh, 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 what's the word he used? I can't remember what's... Um, but for him, it was not a proof. To me, it was a proof. There was some radiation. There right. was some problem. Evidence. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we don't know. Maybe they have uh, cleaned the, 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 you know, the problem through the sewage. God knows. <laughs> uh, now, when I was hearing how the judge was reacting, I was not happy at all. And I said... This is it, uh, you know, <laughs> this is not correct. Right. So um, basically, I still uh, stand in front of trial. I still have uh, three of the witnesses of, of the Atomic Energy Commission. And uh, one of them, will, which will be the director, who despised me uh, by heart. And um, at one time, he was a minister of energy, this, this uh, director. And uh, then leaked uh, a recording of him uh, cursing and saying he's a donkey and the son of a donkey. Right. He's a garbage man and the son of a garbage man. 
And uh, from the uh, recording that leaked back then, I was able to recognize that he was cursing me personally because he stated in that recording that what if we spend, you know, seven and a half million dollars on 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 studies, uh, on on uh, location studies, and I was the only one back then to write an article for the uh, press saying that they spend seven million dollars uh, as a waste when there's you know studying the location in Aqaba because Aqaba uh, sits on a default line. Uh, of earthquakes and seismic activity, and they should have uh, uh, informed us. We would have given them our geography books of the of, uh, grade four to tell them that Aqaba uh, is on a seismic uh, fault line. <laughs> and um, now some people uh, sued uh, this guy, uh, Dr. Tukan, and uh, he managed in court to bring in uh, um, an expert of analyzing voices who testified in court that this is not the voice of Dr. Tukan. Though if you hear it, if anybody hears it, who knows him or heard them on TV or radio, that's his voice. But a witness came in, who was an expert, he said, oh, it's not his voice. It's the voice of uh, Bruce Springsteen or uh, God knows what. <laughs> okay. Of Elvis Presley, maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, the case was dropped and he was, uh, uh, you know, not guilty, basically. And uh, uh, this guy uh, eventually despised me. So he started the slow case and he's, he's pushing uh, him as an ex minister of, of energy. He has a lot of strengths. He's pulling these strings, and um, I have no strings. I'm an activist right. who opposed, uh, uh, you know, some of the energy. I, I read a lot. I'm not a, a, an energy engineer, uh, and uh, you know, I, I read a lot. I read a lot for ten years about you know uh, nuclear energy and and uh, about renewable energy. So I became uh, a little bit knowledge. And that's what I was basing all my uh, scientific approach to this issue. Uh, now, is there any corruption behind it? I mean, I'm not the person to talk about this. It's not me to decide. It's the government who should decide. It's the government who should look into uh, um, accounts and, and uh, who's behind this guy and who's behind the project. It's not, you know, my job. Uh, but I uh, focused uh, our uh, opposition, uh, uh, basically, uh, to the scientific issues uh, ranging from the legality, the economics, uh, which one of the funniest thing of the economics that we said, uh, you know, even the IAEA, the International Atomic Agency in, in uh, Energy Agency in, in, in Austria in Vienna has guidelines and these guidelines have said very clearly that any country wants to go into the nuclear club should have a feasibility study and i've said this in every single uh, radio or, or tv uh, talk uh, uh, that uh, anybody who wants to build a chicken coop and, and raise some chickens will do a feasibility and will calculate how much you know feed or, or antibiotics or, or 
heating or whatever you need and how much how many eggs they're going to produce and this is crazy that uh, till today we have not seen uh, a feasibility being published for this project that they have spent hundreds of millions on it hundreds of millions maybe now reaching maybe you know up to half a billion uh, us dollars uh, they built a research reactor which cost us 170 million uh, us dollars uh, in cash payments and in loans long term loans that we still have to pay and uh, this is the research actor that you know we had the issue about and that's what the document came about and uh, as i said i'm still facing trial but so god knows where it's going to end and if if, uh, if it ends uh, not in my favor i will have to go into prison for uh, between 6 months to 2 years You're free right now. I'm free right now, and basically, as you know, we still have to hear the, the state witnesses or the uh, Jordanian Atomic Energy Commission witnesses, and still then I have to present my witnesses, and uh, you know, then the judge will take his, his court ruling, and I still have, uh, as per Jordanian law, the right to appeal it. Okay. I can appeal and then it's go to, I think, two judges or three, I'm not sure. Uh, but basically, I am, you know, I'm released on bail. And uh, God knows. Now, you know, in Jordan, there is many people who are just put in prisons. And that is basically uh, the cyber law. The cyber law uh, that has been opposed by many activists and lawyers, and the lawyer syndicate is still a law. And uh, they say you have broke the law. And I think even if you put a like, you know, to a message of somebody, they can pull you in and say, oh, you put a like, so you support. If you put a like, uh, let's say, for somebody who is an ISIS member, hmm. then they pull you in and they say, okay, you support ISIS, you can put you in prison for like three years or five years, two years, God knows. So yes, I am still free and I'm still, you know, uh, fighting this in courts, in the Jordanian courts. But I was not happy at all of what, you know, the judge was saying and reacting. Do you feel you can get a fair trial or are getting a fair trial? Trials depend on the judge, and the judge, uh, if he does not like the person, maybe you know his feelings and, and, and uh, emotions uh, might overrule. And uh, uh, you know, at one point, my lawyer was correcting the, the, the court, uh, what you call it, the court woman, the court lady who writes the, the you know, the. the uh, the proceedings she 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 objected and she said you know what she wrote is what she typed is wrong and the judge uh, said told my lawyer said concentrate on the crime and i was saying wait a minute what what crime I mean, i'm innocent until proven guilty isn't that the, the, the global 
you know, what, what every single judge should say. I'm not a criminal until I'm proven as a criminal. But the way he reacted uh, made my uh, lawyer immediately say, uh, Your Honor, what do you mean crime? Did you take a decision? And you think this is a crime and, and my uh, uh, is, is guilty? So the judge became furious and he started shouting and said, don't put uh, words in my mouth. And he was very upset. But he made a mistake <laughs> saying, concentrate on the crime. Right. What do you mean a crime? It's not a crime. <laughs> concentrate on the case. Concentrate on the events. Concentrate on, on the witness, but not concentrate on the crime. So it was a Freudian mistake that he said. Yeah. And I, you know, Freudian slip, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's in, in his mind, but I didn't like it. I totally did not like it. So you think we have a situation where Western countries, Western European countries are saying no to nuclear because they know the dangers and they're trying to become more renewable. And now yeah. uh, the the nuclear industrial complex i don't know how to describe this these agencies now they're trying to persuade smaller governments other countries that this is a good thing for them so they can join the nuclear club yes yes Yes. and it would give them credibility uh, or something it's it's a kind of a lobby basically that is in the world um it's a cartel in other words i mean it's like you know the cartel of opic uh, how these you know different countries that despise each other between Saudi and Iran or between Venezuela and uh, UAE or Qatar or whatever, Kuwait. It, it's, it's a cartel that this cartel basically, it's, it's a nuclear cartel and they, you know, the way they survive is basically when they have new projects and new countries that, that uh, comes in. I'm sure you have, and I hope that you did, they have uh, read confessions of uh, an economic hitman. If you haven't, I highly recommend this book that you read it. Okay. Um, but basically, yes, this is a lobby and it's a corrupt lobby and God knows what, what they do, how much money they pay under tables, how, how they play around with governments, with, with, with leaders, with whatever, with, with rulers, with tyrants. I mean, there's <laughs> it's, it's a cartel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the uh, two biggest of them, basically, uh, there is Rosatom in Russia, and this is owned by the Russian government. And there is uh, Ariva, which is French, and it's owned by the French government. And, for example, Ariva employs 48,000 employees, French people. So they have, you know, the French government has to make the company uh, successful. And, uh, you know, they have to... And for the record, I mean, Ariva, for example, between, you know, for the last 10 years, the shares has dropped drastically. I think, you know, <laughs> constantly every year, the, the value of the shares, simply because they are losing, um, you know, grounds all over the world. And uh, even uh, uranium prices, international prices reached at one time 120 uh dollars a pound now drop to $25 a pound because there is no interest in nuclear anymore. So it's a failing industry. Uh, GE has, uh, not GE, which one, Siemens came out and declared that they 
cancelled completely uh, the nuclear uh, part of their, you know, uh, industries and whatever. And uh, eventually, uh, the, the ones who are left are just dying to basically to have projects. And ultimately to exploit Jordan and which the money you said almost a half a billion could have been used for renewable energy and infrastructure and healthcare and education and exactly well most most important is you know you can, they could have built um, you know I mean we have eighty percent of Jordan that is uh, you know rocky desert and uh, it could have been filled with projects. And uh, it could be a hybrid project with combining, you know, wind and uh, solar. So yes, unfortunately, the money has been spent on studies and God have you, and salaries and you know trips. And uh, what's the benefit? They built they built this research reactor. Again, uh, I opposed it. I refused it from the beginning, and I and I. Uh, negated. I, I said there is no benefit out of it. Uh, even if they uh, established a, a nuclear engineering school, they could have sent the, the students, uh, these kids, to to Poland or to anywhere for three months summer break to to get their uh, exposure to nuclear actors, uh, and uh, it will be much cheaper. It will cost for you know thirty years less than thirty million dollars, sending uh, these kids to get their uh, education and experience uh, inside nuclear reactors. Then you know being committed to one hundred and seventy million, and uh, this was a you know and just a simple economical you know calculation, which of course they did not like me uh, stating that insisted that this is an important pillar of the project. The project had three pillars, basically, the uranium excavation and mining, uh, which also failed because uh, the three companies that they brought in and contracted found uh, uranium in Jordan to be less than waste. You know, uh, It's like a very low concentration that's not feasible to mine it. Uh, mining it will cost much higher than its prices. Basically, um, the uranium mining failed and they failed to bring any investors. So they reacted by creating a Jordanian uranium mining company, which has not done nothing, of course. And then the second pillar is a, a creating the nuclear engineering school with a research actor that uh, you know uh, nuclear engineering kids are uh, to me uh, they are very unfortunate because i mean there's no jobs for them <laughs> i don't know if the, if the school is still graduating and i don't know how many you know per year but i feel sorry for them because they have nowhere to go and uh, eventually, the third pillar was basically building the nuclear islands or nuclear plants. 
and they brought in Ariva, which Ariva said, no way, thank you. And then they brought uh, the Russians, Ross Atom, and they wanted the Russians to pay completely for the project and finance it completely them. And the Russians said, no way. You have to be, uh, you know, splitting the cost. But uh, Jordan does not have any funds to support and build a huge industry like this, which will cost something like uh, $10 billion per, per each plant. And you cannot build one plant also because uh, it seems that these nuclear power plants, uh, they will face shutdowns every year for maintenance. So you cannot impose like a huge uh, supply of electricity uh, in a grid uh, without putting a backup. So it has to be two power plants, not only one. Mm. That's, that means not only 10 billion, that's 20 billion, which we do not have in Jordan, basically. Wow. I think when listeners in America hear about Jordan, it's romanticized with uh, Queen Noor and the great relationship that, that Jordan has with the West. But people will still perceive this maybe negatively. Are you, I guess, is there, do you feel like there's any threat to your, to your livelihood or maybe even your life for this? You, you mentioned it was a kind of a cartel, so I didn't, I know we use that language that's uh, almost a violent language, right? Yeah. Do you well, feel, um, yeah. I'll tell you frankly, I mean, um, I had some threats by email because I use email as a source of uh, dispersing information and each article I used to write, um, I have succeeded in gathering something like about 55,000 emails and I would, you know, send them and disperse my articles through emails. So at one time when I was calling for uh, protest, you know, uh, I had some responses, people saying, you know, we want to protest on your grave very soon. And that's basically, to me, was a threat, you know. Um, now, you know, basically, uh, I, I wouldn't know if, if, if uh, there would have been an immediate uh, threat to my life. I, I didn't care about that myself. I, I cared mostly about my country, and my country was going into the direction of a very wrong project. And uh, we have we we have had you know for the past ten years elected parliaments, and we we focus on these parliaments. Now the Washington Post has um, just recently released an article uh, about uh, the last parliamentary elections in Jordan. And it was uh, accusing these, you know, uh, elections as being a complete failure. And they show to the West, basically, that was the article, what, what they're saying. And uh, simply because I think uh, the turnaround and the voters' percent was extremely low, even in uh, the most important uh, in Jordan, which is Amman, the, 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 you know, the capital. Uh, I don't think it reached more than 14, 15 or 16, 15% of the population of Amman, which is half of Jordan. So uh, people are not interested in, in parliamentary elections or 
or you know parliaments itself or um, they don't see it as representing at all they see that uh, and now with covered basically we have even uh, defense laws being you know released left and right and you know we feel that we are very close to be very close or we are kind of similar to being under martial law because but we're not uh, but so so eventually you know I felt that there's there could be something uh, towards my life but I eventually uh, saw that this was something that should not happen in Jordan that's why I opposed it and went on and on for years yeah now I'm not doing anything to the truth I am focusing on my company companies because I have also a recycling factory uh, in the south of Jordan about an hour and a half far away from Amman and uh, eventually we are uh, recycling paper and carton and producing uh, egg trays, carton egg trays. Okay. And uh, we are, uh, you know, we have problems. Everybody has problems, um, you know, in businesses at this point. Uh, the whole world is having uh, financial problems. Uh, but uh, Eventually, we hope that you know soon uh, things will, will become much better. We hope not not 2021, maybe 2022. Sure. When COVID is, is completely out, yeah. We're here in America. Recycling has yeah. become less of a thing because uh, China stopped buying the United States is recycling. So, do you see that as an area of growth, maybe for your company? Hopefully. We, we have enough waste uh, in Jordan and a lot of most of our waste uh, Jordan uh, does not have any good industries um, and we're not able to compete uh, basically with, with neighboring uh, markets simply because um, fossil fuel is subsidized in Saudi Arabia right yeah and even in Egypt and uh, any industry that depends on you know uh, electricity or fuel in Jordan cannot compete completely so that's why uh, I would say um, 80 or 90 95% of, of 90% of, of the carbon paper that is recycled in Jordan is actually exported exported to Bangladesh or to Sri Lanka or you know right uh, this kind of uh, markets are doing very well in India or doing very yeah. well in recycling they're the ones who are. So, but, but we have our own plans and we, we know what we're doing. And even um, one of our projects is basically to recycle um, plastic and uh, uh, convert plastic from a solid uh, phase to liquid, to its liquid phase by a process called pyrolysis, which is breaking the bondages with high heat without oxygen. Wow. And uh, we eventually would use this uh, oil that we produced as our fuel. So uh, this way we cut down the cost of fuel that we, you know, our industry needs. That's fantastic. I had a I had a friend. He has this idea that they should just fire trash into the sun and allow it to be incinerated. Have you? What are your thoughts on something well, like we, that? We'll, we'll, we'll 
firing the trash inside the reactor. <laughs> we are building the reactor, you know, the, the, the plant now. Okay. And uh, we will be eventually um, uh, collecting, uh, you know, packaging material and all this, you know, soft plastic, nylon, you know, nylon shopping bags, you know, uh, anything that pollutes the, the, the environment. And uh, we will expose it to high heat, and this high heat eventually will degrades it and break the bondages and make it as a liquid. So this liquid is easily burned into burners and that's, you know, uh, we will depend on this in our uh, carton and paper recycling plant. Okay. And we will eventually also operate another, uh, you know, other uh, plants and industries, sell them our fuel at very discounted prices. So you told me you were in Boston and you were in pharmacy, you were a pharmacist. I'm a pharmacist, yes, by education. And How, I worked in DC actually for a year. Okay, okay. How did you become an activist? How did you become passionate about these issues? Uh, I mean, I've been passionate uh, like your cousin, uh, like Nadia and Rob. I mean, these guys are globetrotters and you know they they camp in the middle of nowhere and live off of, of nothing and i you know i've been uh, since i've been a kid uh, was into hunting and outdoors a lot and uh, you see your environment uh, uh, degrading in front of your eyes i used to drink uh, water from one of the three small rivers or streams that existed in Jordan, this one called uh, River Zarka. And I used to drink water when I was a kid from it. Now I would not dare put my finger inside it. Wow. And I've seen this, you know, right in front of us because uh, the, there is so many industries. I think now, at this, when we, when I was a kid, there was no industries on the banks of this river. But now I think there is uh, 200, 300 industries. And they claim that they have uh, water uh, you know, treatment uh, plants or, or units or whatever, but uh, the, everybody knows that uh, you know the, the, the water uh, of this river is highly polluted and nobody touches it. And uh, this is a nightmare to me to see my country going downhill, you know, environmentally speaking. Right. So, and uh, again, in respect to uh, nuclear specifically, um, I do have, uh, I have been uh, highly uh, medicine to Jordan. So I know it's uh, you know, radioactive isotopes. We dealt with them in my business and I know how dangerous they are. And, you know, we have uh, equipped our cars with, with lead and lead sheets and, and uh, for picking up uh, orders from coming into the airport and, you know, transporting them around and stuff like that. And, my people were trained, and even with that, you know, I've, I've seen some mistakes happening. <laughs> so basically, uh, I know how, how sensitive it is and how dangerous it is. Dangerous. Uh, basically, that's why I opposed a, a mega project for nuclear. I think it's pretty clear the dangers of, of nuclear energy and if. We, we saw what happened at Fukushima and Chernobyl and, and other places around the world. Three Mile Island. And... Three Mile Island.
Yeah, yeah that was mine. <laughs> and, and if you, if you uh, Google, um, you know, nuclear accidents in the U.S., you'll be astonished. No, I've, I've, the, the public relations companies in the United States are very good at covering up these incidents. So there was, there was one yes. incident that almost knocked out Detroit completely. Nobody knows about this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. And it's ridiculous. They've, they've managed to convince us that nuclear waste is, is good for you. That it, you know, it's... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the U.S. Um, has many reactors and, and has not built any reactors in the past, I think, 20 years. What they have done, these companies, they have kept on refurbishing the reactors they had and uh, just extending their, their lifespans, which is very uh, critical and sensitive because you don't know which part and which, you know, which, which, which wall, which whatever will eventually crack or fail. And, and that's the danger, basically. Right. But again, um, in, in my uh, part of the book, I depended on quite a few studies from the USA, one from Florida, one from California. There was a, a nuclear reactor in, in California that was, I think, San Francisco, San Diego, I can't remember. That was shut down. And, uh, uh, and after it shut down in 1988 till 2008, they checked the percentage of uh, cancers uh, arising in, in the different you know, hospitals. And, and they found it was on a decline. Though, you know, we are uh, anywhere in the world, it's, it's, uh, it's always in the incline and increasing. Except when they shut down this reactor in this specific area in California, and, and then uh, it became cleaner and less, you know, cancer cases. Uh, registered so it's uh, in the US and everywhere in the world and uh, the developed world that dependent on, on nuclear uh, industry they have problems but yeah, like you said uh, they have the money right they have the public relations and they have you know the media and everything and all the resources yeah did you ever come across any research or research from a researcher by the name of Maya Nadison? Uh, ASU, she did some extensive work on Fukushima. I'm just, that's just a question. I didn't. Yeah. I've read a lot on Fukushima, but <laughs> Fukushima, uh, for us, um, sometimes it's double edged, you know, because uh, the pro nuclear say, oh, it's, um, uh, it's uh, what's the word for that? You know, big wave that came in. It's, um, yeah, uh, the typhoon. Ty not the typhoon. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, the wave that's created by an earthquake. I can't remember. Tsunami. 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 Yes, the tsunami. <laughs> tsunami. So you should not worry because in Jordan we don't have a sea or an ocean to have a tsunami. I was saying, give me a break. You know, I mean, uh, this is one of the things that might happen. Hundreds and thousands of things might happen. Right. Yes, we don't have tsunamis, but uh, come on, I mean, <laughs> there's many things. So they played around it, you know. And they play around that, you know, the, the Fukushima, basically, there's old reactors. Now, if you go into uh, also 
the left and you check on Japan, uh, Japan has so many incidences. And at one time, the Japanese government, I don't know how it reached that point, they decided to have an audit on all the nuclear actors. I think in Japan they have 54. And they found problems in all of them. Wow. Even with the documentation, uh, with, uh, you know, left and right problems. So, um, basically, uh, as you said, this is a, an industry that has so much resources and has so much money and uh, not easy to stand against it. And I, you know, I was single-handed in Jordan. A little bit of my friends became active, but, uh, you know, everything for my own time and my own resources. And, uh, you know, it's a problem. And you've, you said you've written about this, where you've written about the health problems associated with nuclear waste and energy. Yeah, I've, I've written uh, not many articles in English, maybe about three or four or five that came out in the Jordanian press, the English press. If you Google my name as Basil Bergen, you find Jordan Times mostly. We concentrated our work in Jordan in the beginning, you know, and uh, we said this is an internal issue, so we have to solve it locally. I've written a lot, maybe about 20, 25 articles in Arabic. I had so many interviews. But uh, eventually, uh, uh, I was not interested about going uh, outside and abroad uh, because I've seen that this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a local issue. To me, it was a local issue. I'm not, you know, capable of fighting. I'm not Greenpeace. I can fight nuclear companies, globally speaking, you know. Right. My concern was Jordan, and my resources are not enough, even for Jordan. If we if we need to get some allies to you, who would? I mean, environmentalists around the world should should take note about what's happening. People, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, for putting pressure. On about this EDC and waste of time of putting me, of putting me in, in the court. I'm not a criminal, I haven't done anything. They put me in jail and this is ridiculous. Uh, um, Basil, what's a, what's a message you have? What's a message you have? Messages. I have done nothing. I'm, I'm just. I shared somebody his document, and uh, basically, you know, I have done nothing. And, and you know, they should drop this case. They should drop this case immediately. Waste of time of the courts, the legal system, and it's waste of my time. And, and explain this document again. You're just. You were sharing information that yeah. was. Yes. It's, it's, uh, uh, the document was basically a test uh, report. It was a report that was uh, 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 leaked by a, a member of the, it seems, by a member of the uh, Jordanian Atomic Energy Commission that he leaked it to the sky in the USA and the document was basically a report about a test to contain the reactor and the way to check the containment of the reactor and the way they do it, they uh, pressurize the reactor 
So eventually, inside the reactor, it becomes a negative pressure, and uh, outside, it's, it's a neutral pressure, and they see how much they lose the pressure, the negative pressure inside the reactor. And uh, the faster it, it loses the pressure, means there is uh, air leaking inside. That means when they have a problem uh, inside, uh, you know, these leaks, these, these holes, will uh, be the way for radiation to leak out. So uh, basically this document, uh, which was cleared by the end, was uh, a test and it said the test uh, failed. Now, uh, you know, this uh, consultant who shared it, this, this guy who shared it on the lab, basically was working with them as a consultant. And I didn't know that he was uh, uh, he finished his work. I know that he, he works with the, the Atomic Energy Commission uh, as a consultant, and, he, and I didn't know at that minute when he shared it that he was uh, outside and he left them and he had a fight with them because he himself, it seems, he protested several times about the uh, wrong procedures that they have been working uh, by in Jordan. And uh, so what I have done is I shared the document that he released it, and I said, this is the document, you know, shared by this engineer who's, you know, a consultant to the Atomic Energy Commission and who's uh, living in New Jersey. And uh, if, uh, you know, the radiation that he stated is, is, is leaking is high, then we have a problem. <laughs> That's all what I shared. Right. That's all what I stated. And they put me in prison for that. Is he on trial, this gentleman? Yes, he is. He's a Jordanian, but he's a Jordanian-American. He's in New Jersey. He's also on my trial. And, uh, but he's in the U.S. and he's not coming back to Jordan. He's, 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 you know, he's, he's switching his retirement soon okay. uh, from his photos on the net. Uh, so basically, there you are. Hello. Okay. I don't know if oh. you have to go, if that's okay if you do. See if I have to go. I'm sorry. There are some people coming. It was a pleasure. Just thank you for your time. And, and uh, with your permission, I'd like to maybe speak to you again. Maybe we can. Sure. Yeah. And no, I, I'd, I'd like to find a way to get this message out on your behalf and, and share it on the podcast. So thank you for your time. You take care. All right. Bye. And that was my interview with Basil Bergen. He was introduced to me by my cousin. And this gentleman is, he was able to leak information about a, about a leak at a, at a Jordan, Jordanian nuclear reactor. So Basil Bergen, I just, I just spoke with Basil Bergen, who was a whistleblower. And now he may go to jail for, for leaking information about a public health and safety issue that there is a nuclear reactor that possibly could uh, could harm the people of Jordan and he's trying to let the people know that and the government is trying to keep it secret it seems at least that's the short end of the story i'm sure there's multiple accounts multiple versions multiple variations of this but this is this is a version of the story that i think is very disconcerting and so if it if it again anytime you're you're hiding issues of public health and public safety that that could be a risk especially especially a nuclear reactor then i think 
that is something that deserves our attention. And so I hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit more about things that are happening, not only in our community. Our community is global. We have access to news and information and people all around the world. There's really no excuse for not recognizing how these things impact us all. And so we're, this is all part of our community. Our community is local, but it is also global. And this is our global local community. So something that could happen in a country like Jordan, uh, thousands, millions of people can be affected. And I think we should, we should take heed and, and be aware of this. I think there's a lack of attention paid by, by those living in Jordan. Was, uh, jo uh, Basil mentioned that the parliamentary doesn't have a very strong support. So less than 50% of the people voted, according to a mention he mentioned, a Washington Post article. And as a result, the people have become apathetic and ultimately don't care. And potentially their health is at risk on account of people who seek solely to make profit over people. And, and I think... That's what we're hearing about all throughout the United States, all throughout the world. This is a narrative that is consistent where ultimate power corrupts, finance corrupts. So I want to thank you for listening to this special podcast about issues impacting the country of Jordan and their health, their safety. A gentleman who is a whistleblower risking, he's on trial right now, risking his life, risking his livelihood potentially risking his own safety, his family's safety. And he was able to come on and, and share that message with us. So we do appreciate that. So wherever you are in the world, we're Catch the Sky on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, CTS Terry. And we hope that we can continue to catch the sky and it doesn't blow up in a nuclear holocaust. Well, that was eye-opening. And I appreciate you acquiring that interview. You did that completely unprompted and just dumped that into my inbox. <laughs> you know, it was urgent. It was the only time that I was going to get that opportunity. And so there is a call to action here. We actually want your help here on the Catch the Sky podcast. We want you to help put public pressure on the country of Jordan and help get uh, Basil Bergen free from these charges, from these, these threats to imprison somebody who's just trying to save his community. He doesn't want his children poisoned. I don't think that's too much to ask. So individuals like you, non-governmental organizations, anything like that are asked to please write to the Jordanian prime minister's office to express concern over this prosecution of Basil Bergen and demand that the charges be dismissed. You can write email. It's a simple email, info at pm.gov.jo. There's a fax number because they still use faxes, 962-646-425-20, or by postal mail, which is the Prime Ministry of Jordan, P.O. Box 80, Amman, 11180, Country of Jordan. We're going to share all this on our website, but maybe you're the, like, you're the type that likes to take notes. All right, class dismissed. Go change the world, people. Thank you for joining us on this quest. 
You may interact with us on Twitter at CTS Terry or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. Be sure to like and share with your friends. And until next week, keep trying to catch the sky. Catch the sky.